You're listening to Knowing Faith, a podcast of Training the Church. This is Kyle Worley, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jim Wilkin and JT English. What's up? Hey, What's Kyle. up, Kyle? Wow, thank you guys for both responding to that. Usually one of you just leaves me in the lurch there, but we're, we, 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 we entered in with a lot of energy for our first episode, and guess what? The three of us get to hang out a lot in person this year. I'm really excited about that. One of the places that we will be together is in Indiana in September for the Gospel Coalition Conference. We're going to be doing a couple special events at the conference. We would love for you to all come and join us. Our friends over at TGC have created a discount code for you for $20 off registration that expires on February 16th. The code is Knowing Faith. You can register over at thegospelcoalition.org slash TGC23 and use the code Knowing Faith to get $20 off registration. That'd be fun, right? I think we're I think we're doing so fun. It's gonna be a blast. It really is. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jen Wilkins going to have an autograph line where, you, where she'll sign your Bible and everything. You ah! are dumb. <laughs> that would be have. Um, uh, I I'll, I got to tell you, I grew up in evangelicalism. When you got your Bible signed, I know it's. Uh, you know, I know some people still sign Bibles. Yeah, uh, which is totally you know to each their own on that front. But um, <laughs> I remember. Do you, does anybody remember a Point of Grace? Oh yeah, was that like a a band singing group? Yeah, okay. It was like a it was like an all female all female singing group. Yeah, I had Point of Grace sign my Bible sometime in like (laughs) nineteen ninety five. Do you still have that Bible? Are you still using that one? I still have it. I'm not still using it. I uh, I am occasionally asked to sign Bibles and. I have said, you know, oh, I didn't write that one is usually what I'll say. <laughs> you know, like, this is not actually my book. Uh, and it's really sweet. Like, I understand. I'm not, I'm really not dogging on people who ask for that, but I just don't do it. It makes me feel weird. And um, yeah, I had a group of women come up to me at a conference and they said, we know that you don't sign Bibles, but will you sign this? And they flip open to a devotional that I had contributed to a study Bible. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I was like, no, it's a loophole. Uh, So, That's great. Well, they got you. Well, uh, we are 10 seasons in, and uh, this 10th season is a little bit of a kind of a mixed bag in terms of what we're going to be up to. We're going to be doing some reflective episodes. We're going to be doing some episodes that kind of cover the core values and the scope of what Knowing Faith has been, is, and will be in the future. And we're also going to be covering the doctrine of salvation. But 10 seasons in, I get a little misty-eyed. That feels crazy to say. Like, 10 seasons in, we're clear 200 episodes this season, and it just feels strange, doesn't it? I can think back to that first conversation, Kyle, where you brought this up. We're sitting in a Chick-fil-A booth in Flower Mound, Texas, and we were just having a conversation. I forget exactly what it was, but it was about theology and the Bible, and we're ban- like, we're doing exactly this. Mm-hmm. Like, what we're doing right now is what we're doing in that Chick-fil-A booth, and I had my sauces all perfectly lined up, and mm-hmm. we're eating, mm-hmm. and you're like, we should do this as a podcast, 
and both Jen and I were like, no. no. Like in some sense, that feels like yesterday. In another sense, it feels like tw- it feels like a different lifetime. Yeah. And it's kind of it's kind of fun to reflect and think about all that God's done in our lives personally, and also in this podcast over those ten seasons. It's really it's really just wild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is crazy to think about. What's your elevator pitch for knowing faith now? Ten seasons in. I mean, it's different than it was ten seasons ago. But like when somebody's at like if somebody's like, oh yeah, so what do you do? And you're like, oh well, I ride or I teach or I preach or I pastor. I also do a podcast. How would you like elevator pitch knowing faith at this point? Not what we intended it to be, not what we thought it would be, not what our first draft was, but now what would you tell somebody? What was the elevator pitch? I don't remember what we, where we started. Well, the, the first <laughs> elevator pitch, the first elevator pitch was a Jen Wilkins show. Oh, you're so dumb. That is not <laughs> <And> you, what we, <laughs> never. No, I, I pitched That's it. That's why you were I like, remember, no. <laughs> I pitched it to Kit Rabelais, and then I pitched it to you, and you said, That's right. I do, actually, not. I do remember this now. Yeah. I came yeah. into your office, and I said, hey, I just got done with Kent. We're thinking about creating some podcasts. And what oh, do you think about amazing. a Bible-focused show for Jen Wilkin? And you said, absolutely no. not. I'm yes. not remotely interested. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, let me Still go true. back to the drawing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then let me go back to the drawing board, came back with this idea. And I think that the original idea was knowing, like, I remember we sat in a conference room. We brainstormed names for the show. Mm-hmm. I came up came with up, the name. You did come up with the name. Yeah, That's I want the exactly credit. That's exactly right. Because we were like, man, how do we do this in a way that like it just puts the meaningful conversations that we're having in a collaborative fashion out yeah. there for public consumption? And that was kind of what it was. I don't know that we we really thought much beyond like, let's just keep talking, but then put mics <laughs> in front of our faces. Originally, <laughs> it was just that. And then it kind of mutated into like what if we took the training program content and your Bible studies and just started like, what, what, what's the cutting room floor of the stuff that we're preparing to teach? Now let's do that on a podcast. Oh yeah. I remember you kind of wanted it to be like, what are the things we didn't have time to talk about? And you know, it's kind of like, let's pick up all the extra stuff. And then it ended up, we were all like, Hey, I'm tired. Can we recycle some stuff from somewhere else? (laughs) And uh, that actually ended up like, I probably wouldn't use that as my elevator pitch because it sounds lazy and pathetic, but it's really getting to, uh, the way I would describe it is like getting to sort of revisit and savor things that you kind of have mm. to run past in your in in your daily responsibilities for teaching. And so it's like the podcast has turned into me, for me, has turned into an opportunity to sort of reflect further and enjoy things mm-hmm. that I had to talk about in a set period of time for a teaching or to, to sort of draw on things that I've been thinking about over and over again uh, that maybe I don't have anywhere yet that I'm going to talk about them in book form or in written form. But here we get to work things out in real time. I don't know how our listeners feel about us working things out in real time, but it's actually helpful to me. Like I I come off of recording a podcast sometimes and I'll think, oh, that's something I can really use. I'm going to use that this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'd say my elevator pitch now would be, it's just friends talking about theology with microphones in front of their faces. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I think the consistent theme has been we've we've believed in an idea of this since the very beginning. Find trusted people that you love and that love you and talk about what you yeah. believe are the most important things, the things of God. Yeah. And it's not it's not that we're producing highly produced and, and perfectly right. thought out content that we think everybody else should believe, but we're really just trying to do theology together as friends. And and I would say that if you were to ask me, JT, what are what are some of the top five ways that you've learned over the last five years? Certainly it's been books that I've read and sermons that I've that I've had to wrestle through and commentaries that I'm working with, but I, I would put this podcast still oh, yeah. is still Absolutely. one of the highest learning opportunities for me because I'll see things in the text that you guys will help me see. And mm-hmm. I hope that the, the opposite is true because we're just still trying to do theology together and to show people that theology is very rarely a perfectly produced product. It's often a conversation where we're all just learning together. And that's how this started. And I would say that's still what we're doing. Well, and yeah. that's a really uh, marker that you just mentioned that's been really important to all three of us was we we just aren't interested in in highly produced content. I mean, we just it just doesn't feel like us. And so mm-hmm. thank you for listening along to our janky. I mean, you know, we've gotten a little better at like making things not be terrible, but we're, we're just not interested in the super polished, curated. And, and I'm not saying that's wrong. I think there are some really well done podcasts out there that are scripted beautifully and are concise and that never wander off into uh, weird hilarity. But that's just not us. It's not our personalities. Mm-hmm. And so we did yep. want to, if we were going to commit to doing something, we wanted it to be something that was reflective of who we really are. Like to, like that if you met us in person, you'd be like, oh, that's the same person that I heard on the podcast. That's exactly right. Like if like yeah. when we go to TGC and let's say we, we're, doing a, we're doing a live podcast there, and then let's say the three of us go to dinner together, the dinner is going to sound like the podcast sounds. <laughs> this, is just, this is just what we do. <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly right. And, you know, I think that one of the things that's been interesting is just how it's evolved. Yeah. I mean, over 10 seasons, that's a, it's a quite a number of years there, and we've had some challenges and opportunities along the way. Like, I remember when COVID hit, we were actually, we still had episodes to, to record. And yeah. we did those original recordings for some of the post COVID, that little window through uh, Zoom. I mean, we were just like trying to figure it out. Like everyone YouTube was. YouTube Live, I think. YouTube Live, we did. <laughs> um, like we, uh, I, you know, the, the podcast started with the three of us literally w- working within five steps of each other's doors, yeah. just like right there. So doors so open. Fun. I miss those days. It really was. It was a sweet time. But just kind of interrupting each other with thoughts or ideas or books or questions or trying to teach this or feedback on that. And then we would just literally take that energy. We would print off the run sheets. We would go into the studio and we would all be there together. And now we're doing this from Colorado and Denton and Richardson and we're just kind of scattered a little bit more than we were. We're not all serving at the same church any longer. We've had changes in our family life. We've had changes in our projects. We've studied things independently from one another. We each have different jobs than we did when we started. Like our vocations have changed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, I was real scared about some of those transitions to know what was going to happen because we didn't know what was going to happen to the podcast. I mean, I think we still Mm -hmm. had an optimism around it, but some of those changes put the podcast, not in jeopardy in like a scary sense, but in a, are we going to be able to keep doing this? And I think one of those was me moving to Colorado and taking the job at Storyline. And that meant that- Lever, leaving Lever. (laughs) Kyle left first. I did. Uh, Yeah, but Richardson. Yeah, Uh, but I mean, it just meant like, (laughs) 
but also it meant that, that you know our our previous church uh, had, owned owned a knowing faith, yeah. and it was kind of like our you know now that two of us aren't there anymore, are they going to want to still produce it? Can we produce it? And there was conversations. And they were super generous with us and allowed us to keep doing this and 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 allowed us to get the podca- podcast from them. But there was a, a sense there of like, what is this going to be? Are we going to go do something else? Are we going to keep doing this? And I'm really grateful for the outcome that we got. Mm-hmm. Well, and we were also just doing one podcast, you know, like it was just, when we started with knowing faith, it was knowing faith. And now, uh, you know, 10 seasons in, uh, we're kind of now on this ship with some other partners, family discipleship, uh, confronting Christianity. The, we just launched a new podcast this season called starting place with Elizabeth Woodson, uh, with plans to launch more. And so it's been crazy because I think initially it was like curious, like, do we think we could even do this? And Mm -hmm. now to feel like there's just kind of a network of these podcasts that have come together with all of these trusted voices, with people that we trust, that we work with, uh, and that kind of share a similar vision. It's been really interesting. That's been one of the opportunities that I think over the last 10 seasons has changed is initially, I remember, I remember a conversation very clearly whenever we are sitting with you guys and I said, what, how many people would need to engage with this on a monthly basis for you to make it feel like it's worth your time? And I don't know if you guys remember what you told me, but JT said, uh, probably 5,000 people. I remember, mm-hmm. I remember saying mm-hmm. that. And I remember like, Jen be- an enormous number of people. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Jen immediately was like, yeah, I mean, gosh, 5,000 people, that'd be crazy. <laughs> that's a ma- that's I- like a mega giga church. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. For people listening yeah. to theology and Bible literacy. I, I mean, that's huge. Well, I just yeah. didn't think we were that interesting either. So, well, I don't think sorry, we need to inflate no, ourselves. No. I don't know. Yeah, that when we I are said five thousand, I was like, "There's no way we're going to hit that mark. This is going <laughs> to shoot him down." That's what I was. Yeah. That's what I was intending to do. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think it's been wild because I mean, and this is this is. I mean, you know this because you're a part of the audience. But knowing faith now reaches about two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand people in a given month. We just we are we are just nearly at ten million total downloads Holy over moly. the course of ten. I don't think I knew seasons. that. Yeah, so it is wild um, that uh, the podcast has grown in this way. Um, and I think it's important, like maybe somebody's just jumping in. Like I met a guy recently at a coffee shop. He came up to me and was like, hey, he was like, I just jumped in with Knowing Faith. And man, it's such a great resource. Thank you for doing it. And we're, there's always new people jumping in. But even for people that have been a part of our audience, I think it's important for us to pan out and just go, why do we actually do this? Mm-hmm. Like, like you're, we're all teaching, we're all writing, we all have families and friends and communities and hobbies and interests other than this. It's not like we just have an abundance of underutilized time. Why do we make time to do this? What are some of the key values that drive us to keep doing this? Honestly, I'm going to go back to what I said. I'm going to say two things. The first thing I'll say is I'm still doing this selfishly. I'm doing this because <laughs> I have the opportunity to speak with two of my best friends who I know love me and, and who, who mm-hmm. I love, who I trust their voices, and I get to learn. Like It still feels like we're in that Chick-fil-A booth a little bit, and I get to open up the Bible with my friends and, and learn. And, and I get to work out ideas for myself and see how they're going to respond to them. And we get to have disagreements. Like I, mm-hmm. Rather than me having disagreements in my head, I get, to, I get to hear, here's what Kyle would say about that. Here's what Jen would say about that. So there's still really a, a selfish motivation for me in this. I think the other motivation is I still 
really believe in this. Like to hear the stories of how people have grown and learned and some of the projects that have come out of this that we're not doing, other podcasts, people have said, I'm starting a podcast on mm-hmm. on thinking faith or whatever it might be because mm-hmm. we, we, we really, which is great. Like yeah. this is not proprietary. We believe mm-hmm. that theology is best done in community with each other, working out the things of God uh, so that we can love God in deeper ways. And so uh, I would just say like uh, my greatest motivation for this is we really believe that everybody is a theologian and mm-hmm. we want this podcast just to help spark those things for other people and, and their thought lives and in churches and in home groups and in Bible studies so that they might love God in deeper ways. Yeah. That's right. Well, it's kind of like, um, it's so different of a space to speak into than the other places that were in front of a microphone or mm-hmm. on a platform because it's dialogic, right? And so like, I can know if I'm going to trot out an idea that the whole room isn't just going to nod at me and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to think about that later. It's going to be JT going, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Or, (laughs) you know, or, or, oh, I think you might be a heretic. You know, and so there's, it's just a, it's just a, it's a, it is, it's a conversation in a very real sense. And it's a conversation with an audience, right? Like we know that you guys are listening in, but also, and and, and that's another piece of what we've wanted to do is just model something. And I don't mean like Mm -hmm. in a, look how amazing we are, please do what we're doing. Just like, hey, this this actually happens, I think is the way that I would describe it. It's just like, hey, we're, we're not creating a sort of a fake environment where there, yeah. it, there is the appearance of dialogue. We want you to know this is what it sounds like and um, that you can reach the end of a 30 or 40 minute conversation and still disagree with each other on something. Right. And you can revisit it season after season. Like there are some things that I'm sure some of our listeners are like, hey, please don't ever talk about that again. You guys have mm-hmm. thought about it long enough. Right. Uh, and and we'll probably be, you know, going back and forth on it. I mean, Lord willing for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's right. Kyle and JT can continue past that. I will probably be <laughs> <clears throat> uh, unable to communicate at that age. No, no. We're by not then they're going to have that. your brain on some kind of computer device and you'll be able to participate <laughs> yeah. for, for as long as you want. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be, we'll be I'll dealing be with the- I'll be auto-generated. Yes, the, the artificial <laughs> intelligence, Jim yeah. Wilkin, yeah. Uh, the consciousness. But, you know, I think uh, when we started it out, I remember we sat down and we were like, okay, the three or four things that we want to be doing were the same three or four things that we had kind of put our stake in the ground in for like all of our ministry endeavors for the foreseeable future. We talked about biblical literacy. Uh, We were like, okay, we need to pull the alarm on biblical literacy Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. And we had seen how hungry people were through their engagement with Bible studies in local churches or through the curriculum that Jen was writing and working on or her teaching ministry. And we just thought, man, we need to make, we need to continue to figure out ways to make this available and accessible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Theological discipleship. What JAT and I were seeing in what was then the training program, but what is now called the Forge program at Mosaic and the Institute program at Storyline, we were just seeing doctrine just really engage disciples in a meaningful way. And people that were telling us like, why didn't anyone tell me this sooner? And mm-hmm. so we thought we got to make that more accessible and we can't just like, we can't go to every church and do this. So it was like, let's, what's a way that we can do that? And then the last thing was people would make comments. Like we'd have people kind of come into our orbit and I don't know if you guys remember how foreign it was. Now I do feel like it's becoming more normative. I like to think that we've had a bit of a contribution in that. Mm-hmm. But I can remember people making comments about seeing us in the round together. And I don't mean like at an event. I mean like at a meal, in a meeting, 
at a staff retreat and being like, okay, that's, that's different. I remember some things being like, can you, can you do that? Can, can this happen? And it felt like we had, we, we had been operating in a world where, um, the brother, sister fraternity, fellowship, collaboration, partnership had just become such a like third rail mm-hmm. of like, don't touch it. Don't even talk about it. And it, we fell into a groove where it just started to feel really normal and, as we've done this show, I feel like it's become something that other people have looked at and been like, wait, is that possible? And it's like, yes, with respect, honor, mm-hmm. love, grace, and holiness, you can do, you can do this. Mm-hmm. It is possible. Well, you guys have both been huge door holders uh, in that regard. Like you've done it not just on the podcast, but in the environments where you're leading, um, inviting women in. Because I think it, it, it kind of falls along two lines, right? It's like women are like, oh, that's not something that I get asked to do. You know, I'll just stay over here to the side. Or it's it's men thinking, mm, you know, I don't know. That, that might, the optics might be bad on that, right? And I think in both cases, you, you spoke to both sides of that conversation and you, you were like, no, this is actually... It's not just uh, desirable, it's necessary. And so I know how I felt being welcomed into that. And I've talked about this some, but like I have four brothers. I expect to be in conversations with male peers. Like I, that's what, that was my expectation coming into adulthood because that had been my reality growing up. And so um, I think it was easy for me to walk toward, easier for me to walk toward it than, than it might be mm. for some other women. And then, you know, then it was like, oh my gosh, we really like each other and we have deep trust with each other. And so that's mm. the piece too, that that takes time, right? Yeah, to be able to build, uh, it can take time. It doesn't necessarily take time, but it's not one conversation. It's not four conversations. It's building trust over time with each other so that you reach the point where you have the conversation where uh, even some of the joking, like I'm sure that people hear the way that we joke with each other on the podcast sometimes. They're like, wow, that's, you know, that was a serious <laughs> shot. And I've even had to walk some stuff back because like, uh, you know, like honestly, when we're sitting around at dinner, there might be a, a joke that I would make that I wouldn't make on here because it wouldn't, you guys would think I was being mean and Kyle would be like, no, she's just being funny. And so, you know, uh, and so we have trust with each other that might not necessarily translate to the audience at large, but you should know that deep trust and affection is possible between men and women doing theology together in ways that are completely appropriate and beyond questioning, mm. like the, the appropriateness of. That's good. What bridge is God calling you to cross that the gospel might go forth among the nations? Women like Lilius Trotter, Harriet Newell, and Sarah Hall Boardman Judson have indeed crossed their own bridges to get to the lost. Discover the stories of 10 inspiring female missionaries who changed the world for Christ. 10 Women Who Changed the World is seminary president Daniel Aiken's powerful tribute to these women who fulfilled the Great Commission. May we all follow in their footsteps. 10 Women Who Changed the World is available wherever books are sold. We live in a possession and money-obsessed culture, but what does the Bible say about generosity? In his new book, A Short Guide to Gospel Generosity, author Nathan Harris shows us that the answer to our obsession with possessions is turning to the gospel, because only in the gospel can we find the type of life transformation that enables us to turn our focus from ourselves and back to others, to give generously, and to follow in the way of Christ. 
To learn more about the book, visit GuideToGospelGenerosity.com. That's GuideToGospelGenerosity.com. Okay, what are some standout moments or highlights? What are some things that you look back on and you're like, wow. Like, you know, it's interesting because if you look at our history, we, we, early on, we had a lot more guests. And if you asked me like early on, I would have been like, wow. Like I remember two interviews that I felt like were just so good. The first time that we had Greg Allison on. Yes. And then when we had Ligon Duncan, Mm -hmm. we had a lot of great interviews that I thought of. (laughs) But the first time that we had Greg Allison on, I, Greg Allison and Ligon Duncan both were able to do something that is so rare, which is they are like super heavyweight minds who are also like very kind and incredibly diplomatic. Mm -hmm. And I remember being in both of those rooms where I was disagreeing with both of them on issues and realizing like, whoa, that there is a supercharged engine on the other side of this table (laughs) and they're modeling the gentlest possible approach to somebody they know they can soundly run circles around. And it was like, not only was it really insightful because it challenged some things I thought, but it was also really helpful in modeling the kind of disagreement that we've always tried to model on this show. And they certainly did a great job of doing that. So those are standouts for me from an interview perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah I would I would say too, like having having people on of that caliber. The, the other one for me is the Russ Moore interview that we did, where it was we yeah. were having all kinds of technical difficulties, and he was saying these profound things, mm-hmm. and I'm like starting to cry while I'm listening to his answers. I'm like, great, this is going to be, uh, this is going to go well. But um, when you have on people like that, you get to. I think we've gotten to demonstrate another thing that is important. And that's ask the dumb question, like ask the question that you're afraid. Like I, I routinely feel like when we have guests on that, I have to just show the fact that I don't know what this person knows. Like I, they know way more about whatever their, their subject matter is that they're an expert in than I do. And you, we all need to have places where we can just go, I don't understand what you just said, or can you circle back and say that another way? Or do you mean this and not that? And so um, with with JT and Kyle, like we do that some because each of us has things that we care more about or know more about. But with some of these guests that we've had on, it's just like uh, we're learning in real time. And yeah. those are those would be the three uh, that that come to mind. But then there are some other funny ones where we won't we won't name who they were. But. I think we should name some. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I, I'm they're pre- all I'm good guests. It's just like yeah. where you're wanting to like uh, ask a follow up question and you you can't quite get that worded edgewise. And there's <laughs> for those of you who are looking for Easter eggs, there's one episode where JT chunks a pen audibly. I think I think we need to go ahead and just name it. We've referenced it many many times. We have great respect for this guy. Oh, my and it God. was a technical right. issue. It was it was, it was a, a technical it, issue. It wasn't that he so was doing anything wrong. We interviewed Tim Mackey. Yeah. Uh, from the Bible Project. And Who we again, would say, I mean, Tim Mackey. Oh my gosh, say, come back on, get, Tim. Get get five people in a room that you want to ask Bible questions to. Yes. Tim would be the first person I'd ask. Yes. Like, 100, 100%. So there is no shade. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was, we were at a time when, when before we did this, when we did, uh, it, now when we interview people, we can actually see a video of them. Yeah. At this point, we were in a, literally a blacked out studio. Yeah. We had a window to our producer and engineer, engineer Brad, all the way back then. And they would call into a number that we would record yeah. on, which 
is fine for like a pretty like uh, one way style interview. It's not great for a dialogue. Yeah. So you would ask me a question. There's no nonverbal cues to read. And he, because he's a wealth of knowledge and we invited him onto a show to be interviewed. Yeah. And when we got him on the show, we were like, Tim Matthews. I can't, I still can't believe he said yes to Unknowing Faith. It was unbelievable. And he called from his car. Do you remember he had to do the interview in his car for some reason? Yeah. Yes. He was parked. And he has, like, guys, he, was parked. he has like such a unique voice that it was easy to listen to him, but we could not get a word in because he couldn't see us and our mics he couldn't stay <laughs> muted. He, could, he couldn't hear us. So like JT keeps trying to ask questions and engineer Brad is like flagging JT. Like he can't, it's not going to catch. You're not going to hear him. But JT I didn't know that. So I didn't frustrated. see that. JT gets so frustrated, he throws a pin against the wall in joke, in jest. He yeah, was not yeah, yeah. truly livid. but I was not mad uh, at Tim. I was mad at the situation. Yeah. It was like, yes. we, I, want, I want to ask him a question. And it, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, oh man. And I didn't think anybody hear the pin, but you can hear. Oh, you can hear pen. it. Oh, you can hear it. <laughs> Wait, you can't, I don't know if, could they hear you going, trying to I get your so. questions no, in? I'll, so that would lo- help me a lot of that was muffled in post-production. A lot of it was cleaned up. It's a lot of stuttering breaths there. JT, do you have any? I, rem- I mean, I, I would I would highlight all of those. All of those came to my mind. I, I'm going to highlight one that I've never told you guys before, and then I'm going to. Uh, that's kind of somber. Oh, this and feels safe. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it, it was actually. You guys remember? Gosh, it's almost five years now when my wife got sick, and oh, yeah. you guys were were real close friends to me in the middle of all of that, and Karen for me and my family. And I remember uh, we had to take some breaks there, like when I couldn't make mm-hmm. it in. And I remember the first time coming back into the podcast room with you guys at TBC. And of course, I wanted to be, my, my wife was was healing. She was getting better. And it was like, okay, I can step back into my role at TBC and step back into this. And of course, my home is home with my family and with my kids. But when I got back into that room with you guys, it was like a place of safety and rest in a mm-hmm. season of really deep turmoil, which is just a sweet like marker in my life that I've not sh- shared a lot publicly of. Mm. I'm back with friends. It's going to be okay. God still loves me. He's still with mm-hmm. me. So that was a really sweet thing. Now, onto the funny one. Uh, Jen and I were in Lubbock doing a, we were talking about brothers and sisters in ministry, and we had to fly, we, we were flying back to go to the Proclaim Truth conference uh, mm-hmm. that, like a Saturday afternoon that Jen was teaching at, and that we were doing a live recording of Knowing Faith on. And we, Jen and I, just the day before, were talking about, we can disagree with each other, and brothers and sisters in ministry, and theologies for everybody, and I'm like, great, we can live that at this all-women's Bible conference. And we begin talking <laughs> about the relationship between <laughs> Bible literacy and theological formation yes. and doctrinal cre- yeah. and, creedal and creeds and— and I disagree. So, like, you know, we just talked about the fraternity world and the sorority world of evangelicalism. Well, we're in the sorority world of evangelicalism. I'm thinking we can model brotherly and sisterly disagreement. And I disagree with Jen in the sorority. And I find out <laughs> you do not do that. I mean, there was like audible gas, like gasps. And I, my, my tires were slit in my car when I got back out to my yeah, car. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. You do not disagree with Jen Wilkin at a women's discipleship event. Yeah, that yeah. was a moment I will not forget. <laughs> well, what about, there were a couple of episodes where we fell out laughing and we oh. could not pull it back together. And I'm trying to, I can't even remember now. It was, it was, it was saying, it was in one of the historical books when I said, I said, oh, well, I remember that one. But I, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't, I, I, I definitely put the emphasis on the worst yeah, part of that word. Yeah. yeah. 
and th- there was almost no well, salvaging like, that episode. You, were, you, you like stopped halfway through the word. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even do it on purpose. I wasn't even setting up a bit. I just, <laughs> I started questioning myself in the middle of the worst word to question yourself in the middle of. I was like, you just, you just told the whole audience, you've literally never taught this passage before. <laughs> exactly. Because anyone who's ever been in it knows. Always put the emphasis on syllable number two, no matter That's how amazing. it was pronounced originally. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. Well, you know, I think that uh, it's been really interesting. Um, I, I this, I, You don't need to give a long response to this, but I'd be curious. Did you ever think we'd start more podcasts? No. no. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I did. I thought for sure we would. Yeah, I was because almost, you're a vampire. You never sleep. You're always thinking no, about the next thing. I sleep eight hours a night. Um, I get great sleep. I sleep. If with anybody's unaware, Lord, Jen and I are the righteous on this on this thing, yeah. and Kyle's the gas. We're the we're the governors, the moderators, yeah. and Kyle's the yeah. rocket fuel. It's yeah. true, but you know, it's interesting because along the way, we've made friends with other pe- like other cool people, right? Like, oh yeah, we've had collaborative partnerships, and we've learned from other people. And so, when I think about podcasts now being hosted by Adam Griffin. And uh, Cassie Bryan and Rebecca McLaughlin and Elizabeth Woodson. Uh, These are people we've worked with. They're people Mm -hmm. we've collaborated with. They're people we've punched up ideas for. They're people that we've read their work or we've engaged their work. And somehow along the way, we were able to make connections that have now moved from just like the connection acquaintance to the collaborative partnership. And Mm -hmm. that to me is so cool because – I think it is a picture that this thing is not something that's proprietary and it can spread. Like, yeah. I think it's mm-hmm. a picture of like, it. it's not just like lightning in a bottle with a couple of people. It's like, no, 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 you can actually do this thing. And when you start to do it faithfully, other people want to engage with it and you get a chance to engage with other people that are like-minded. And I think that's been really cool. Well, and I think the general flavor of the of all of the podcasts is you're allowed to engage in critical thinking about parenting or about apologetics or about cultural issues or, you know, you're allowed to trot out an idea, look at it from different angles. Like, honestly, sometimes the guests we have on say things that I don't agree with. Sure. Some of the things that will be said on some of these other podcasts might not be things that I'd be like, yeah, I totally get behind that. Most of the things that they would say would be, you know, but like, I love that parenting podcast, for example, it's dialogue, you know, they're, they're having a conversation with each other and, and, and they are, you know, in the parenting world in particular, for a lot of years, people in the church were told, think about parenting one way, you know, and that one way might mutate from generation to generation. But I love that what they're doing on that podcast is going, what if there were multiple ways we talked about this? And what if we brought in yeah. voices to help you think about it that way? And, you know, it, it it's just uh, something that in, a, in an age where if you don't say exactly what I believe, I cancel you is the attitude that people take. Uh, we're yeah. trying to reintroduce the idea of civil discourse around mm-hmm. disputable matters and always pointing people toward essentials. That's right. That's exactly right. You know, I'm, I'm not even sure quite how to say this, but doing ministry in the West, in Colorado, is a little bit different than doing it in Dallas or uh, I've done it in Louisville before. Like, there's kind of an evangelical subculture in some parts of our country that hasn't mm-hmm. quite made its way to other parts of the country, uh, for good or bad, whatever. Um, but, like, most people in Colorado just don't, don't they're not aware of kind of some of the evangelical subculture stuff that we would be aware of in other regions of the country. So like most of my church, like when I came from the village, like what's who's the village? Who's Matt Chandler? Who's Jen? Mm-hmm. Like they just didn't. It just they they're wonderful they, conservative but evangelicals. They, but, but they knew me though, right? 
They're like, oh, that Kyle <laughs> Worley guy, didn't yeah, yeah. he write that book about like pitfalls? Yeah, yeah, yeah pitfalls. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so like, I, I don't leave. Like, most people in my church don't know that I do this podcast. Like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. get up on Sunday mornings and say, "Hi, you know, I'm lead pastor. I've met you before, I'm lead pastor." By the way, I have a, a podcast called Knowing Faith. There's a few people <laughs> in my church that know, but uh, this is this has been wild to me over the last six months or so. I've had probably 15 unique conversations with people in my church that will say, hey, have you ever heard of this podcast called the Family Discipleship Podcast? Mm-hmm. It is so helpful. And I'm like, yes, I have heard of that. Uh, and I won't even tell them that I'm like involved with it, that it's part of a network of podcasts of an organization that the three of us co-founded. Like, And I love that. I love that these things are just making their way into evangelicalism, not because we're pitching them, but because they're genuinely helpful for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Well, that, that, I love those stories. Um, I, I've had at least two times when somebody has introduced knowing faith to me. Um, Hey, maybe this would be a helpful resource for you. No, there's this podcast called knowing faith. And I'm like, I'm the host. <laughs> I'm I'm Kyle Walla. I'm Captain Bounty. <laughs> yes, I'm that In guy. Uh, so uh, that's always fun. Um, but, uh, Hey, you know, I, I I'll say this. I, I'll say this. I, I had it as a question, but to land the plane here on, I'm just going to say it as a statement. Uh, I've tweeted this out many times, but the Knowing Faith audience is just different from other audiences, and we're so grateful for that. Um, we love the fact that this audience continues to ask great questions. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we said in the most recent Q&A episode, our questions have matured over years. The questions are getting better and better season after season after season, which is reflective of a lot of people taking it seriously. Um, their meditation on God's word, the study of the deep things of God, the catechism of their homes and of their souls. And it's just really great to have an audience that's like that. They keep it civil. Like I I don't have to worry about our social media stuff being like a dumpster fire <laughs> and I'm never worried about that. And I really appreciate that. We, we take a lot of pride in the fact that we don't have an audience that seeks to like throttle one another in the comments on episodes and talking through things. Uh, and they like, they understand that we're also just having fun, which, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's okay to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like at one point when Jesus is trying to prove something, he picks up a fish and pulls a coin out of its mouth. Like there were less fun ways for Jesus to make the point. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's okay for us to have a little fun. And I, we love that our audience is willing to jump in with that with us. So 10 seasons in, and I could not be more excited about this season. We are going to have so much fun. Uh, we are, we have got surprises for both of you that you have no idea about, not even a clue. Things that you- Not a big fan of surprises, Kyle. These are going to be the kind of surprises that you're going to be a real big fan of. Um, that Other it, than the rapture. That you're going <laughs> to- just, just kidding. <laughs> 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 yeah, we actually, you know what? We should do all, you know what would not be divisive? Next season, a whole episode on the end times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's just do that. That'd be great. That'd be great. Let's lock that in right now. Uh, listen, hey, thank you for listening today. If you want to find us, you can find Knowing Faith on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and drop a question in your review. We'll take it into consideration for a future Q&A episode. Uh, listen, this is the 10th season for Knowing Faith. It's the second season for Confronting Christianity, the podcast I co-host with Rebecca McLaughlin, and we have some great guests and topics for this season. It is the fourth season of the Family Discipleship Podcast that we're so proud of with Adam Griffin, Chelsea Griffin, and Cassie Bryant. And this 
this spring, we are launching our fourth show, which is Starting Place with Elizabeth Woodson, exploring what Christians believe and why it matters. It is going to be a great crash course introduction for those beginning their journey with Jesus or walking with others at the start of their journey with Jesus. You should check it out wherever you get your podcast, Starting Place with Elizabeth Woodson. In our next episode, we'll start in on the doctrine of salvation by chatting through the doctrine of election. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Grace and peace.